Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. All the traditions are in agreement that we have three ranges uh, on the spectrum of consciousness that are available to us. And that when we're fully charged, we are in our divine nature. In the first yuga of the cycle, all of us are in divine consciousness. That's what is called being an avatar. Nothing less than that. So understand that divine nature is a level of energy. Once we come into the cycle and we have a certain charge of energy, that's all we get. And that energy is going to go down. It doesn't go up, it goes down. And so in the second age, the silver age or Treta Yuga, we're in a semi-divine state, but we're already falling. And then by the time we get into the Dwapar Yuga, we have become humans, but a higher type of human. And then when we get into the end of Dwapar and the beginning of Kali Yuga, we are lower kinds of humans, but still human. And then as Kali Yuga ends, nearly everyone enters the demonic nature and loses the human qualities. And so because of that, it requires a very radical self-transformation to escape from the demonic state which produces suffering, destruction, death, evil, all of that that we are witnessing and chaos on a physical as well as a social and political level. So the human is a hybrid. The ego partakes of subconsciously the demonic nature and superconsciously can touch into the divine nature. But as you fall more and more into the demonic state, the, the divine is, is inaccessible. And then one is, uh, comes completely under the laws of karma because there is no grace, no salvation, because the demonic nature has no love and is not able to receive love, divine love. And that cuts one off from being able to charge the battery. That's what has to happen. The battery is dead, literally, at the end of the Kali Yuga, and you've got to charge it. That's what we're here to do. That's what yoga is about. But to charge the battery, we have to connect to the source, and the demonic nature resists that connection. 
because it's threatened by it. So the world is a war between gods and demons. And at the end of Kali Yuga, the demons are, have almost won. It's, it's, they don't even believe that there are any gods left who need to be defeated, because there aren't. But what there are, are former gods. There are those who remember somewhere deep down that you used to be in a higher state in another lifetime. You have that memory. And the more that you begin to meditate, the more the remembrance of that higher consciousness and the information it contains and the love and the light and the beauty begins to dawn again from within. And as it does, one is able to then make a connection to the source of the power that made you divine in the first place. It's not enough to remember being once divine. You have to connect with the power again to redivinize your consciousness. This is not about nostalgia or trying to have a past life experience. No, this is about becoming now again a divine being. But a demon cannot even entertain that thought for very long. And so we are reaching a point now at the end of Kali Yuga where everything is totally polarized. As a below, so above, right? In the same way that humanity has now been split between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed, we are now split between those who are in the divine nature and those who are in the demonic. There are no more hybrids. There's no more neutrality. Okay, I'll listen to the angel, I'll listen to the devil, I'll make my decision. It won't work, the devil's got you. The moment you give up your divine nature, you're in the grip of the demonic force. So unless there's a total surrender and a total uh, yearning for transcending the human, the demonized human nature, with whatever margin of health, of sanity, of, uh, of power, willpower, one has left, one has to use it. So right now, everyone is torn between gnosis and psychosis. There isn't even neurosis anymore to, uh, to, to, to kind of have as a middle ground. It's a psychotic world now. That's the norm. And so you're, you are going to be in a psychotic state if you are not in the state of total liberated, blissful consciousness. It really is that extreme, a polarization, that is now occurring on this plane. And so the line has been drawn, and you have to decide which side of the line you're on. You can't be on the fence. There is no fence. 
And if you try to be in the middle and say, I'll just muddle through my human existence and try to enjoy things as much as possible, you'll be grabbed by the demonic force. So there's an urgency of making the choice. What side are you? Do you belong to God or do you belong to the devil? It really is that clear and complete a choice. It, you can't be halfway. You can't be partially pregnant. You can't be partially vaccinated. You can't be partially demonic and partially divine. It doesn't work. That's the decision that has to be made at the outset to begin the journey as a Satyogi. If there isn't total determination, I'm choosing God and the divine nature, you won't have the willpower and the grace to escape from your own dark side, from those maras that we talked about that are already in your mind and they have usurped your mind and they're causing you to commit bad karma and to be stupid and confused and, and not in your right mind, literally. So you either have to totally get out and get out now without delay or say, okay, I belong to the demons and all that goes with that choice. So things are serious. Now, Machik was faced with the same uh, choice. And this was, you know, back in 1100, and things were already bad enough that uh, she had to uh, make great efforts to defeat her own Maras. And this woman was a child prodigy she was extraordinarily intelligent, so intelligent that she was invited into the monasteries to memorize all the sacred texts, the Pragya Paramita, these huge sutras of thousands and thousands of lines. She memorized them better than any of the monks. And, and the, uh, the head of the monastery would, would hold competitions and all of these old monks would try to repeat it and she would be able to do so much faster, so much better than they would. They'd make mistakes, she'd correct them. She was like a five-year-old girl and these, these guys could not keep up with her. So because of that, uh, she was you know, put in advanced training, okay? And in that advanced training, she had tutoring by some very powerful and advanced lamas. So she got a lot of help, but that help that came was the result of her own good karma to have that intelligence and have that uh, ability to use it uh, in, uh, in service of uh, spiritual development. And what happened was a relationship became developed between her and the Ishta Devi of Tibet, who is named Tara. Tara is the great goddess who is the protectress of, uh, of Tibetan spirituality. And Tara took Machik under her wing. And she began to have visions of Tara. And then at, at one stage, there was a, a total encounter. Tara actually appeared 
uh, and, and taught her tremendous amounts of uh, very secret information. Some of it is actually in this book, but you have to be very subtle to even understand what Tara is saying, but I would like to go into some of that with you. And, uh, and she uh, eventually, of course, realized that not only is she a, uh, a protege of the goddess Tara, but she actually is an avatar, an embodiment, but she wasn't allowed to know that until she had gone through all the different rites of passage, all the ordeals of struggle to uh, conquer the Maras uh, without that knowledge. In other words, she was emptied out. It was an act of kenosis in the same way that Christians talk about it with Jesus. He emptied himself out of all that was powerful and divine that could have you know, destroyed the demons. And he acted as a simple human being who had to fast for 40 days and he had to go through all of the same ordeal and be baptized you know, by John the Baptist. He had to go through all of that. So it doesn't matter that you have a divine nature, it's emptied out. If you wanna refill it, you have to make effort now that will attract the Ishtadevta, your own divine nature, whether it's Tara or it's Vishnu or it's Shiva or it's another, but you will get the grace of that being that you are drawn to that expresses your archetypal nature if you have totally given yourself to the quest of knowing who you really are. And by that I mean who you are before you were born. As Christ once was asked who he was and he said, well, before Abraham was, I am, right? So he wasn't talking about Jesus, the man. He was talking about Christ consciousness, which is the same as Buddha consciousness. There's no difference. There's just a terminological shift. So one of the first things that the goddess Tara teaches. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website, we thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.